Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, airing it out, files from Leahy's broadcast booth. I'm John Leahy. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Hope Santa was good to all of you. Uh, Before I go any further today, I just want to apologize for the condition of my voice. I have been down with the flu for the past couple of days and uh, did not leave uh, my bed Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, So I did not have the chance to uh, partake in the annual family rituals of Christmas this year. Uh, So, um, again, I apologize if I sound a bit like a frog, but believe me, I sound better than I did two days ago. So a lot of rest and a lot of fluids, and uh, this is the way we uh, wind up 2022. Um, I want to thank all of you who tuned in last week as... um, did some homemade Christmas music, and if you haven't had a chance to check that out, I really encourage you to do so. Did uh, about 15 songs on the podcast last week, and that's available uh, to listen to. Uh, if you go on over to my podcasting website, which is at LeahyStorytelling.com, L-E-A-H-Y Storytelling.com, You'll be able to hear that episode and as well all the other episodes that have been done on this podcast since we very uh, very started this uh, podcast a few years ago. So uh, if there's a specific episode you'd like to go back and hear, there's a search function uh, within uh, that podcasting website. You can just type in uh, the name of the episode you're looking for. It'll pop right up for you. Uh, there's a lot of other cool things. There is a an area where you can leave uh, voice messages for me on every page of the website. If you look on the lower right-hand corner, there's a purple microphone, and uh, that's a way for you to um, join in and uh, leave me messages, any kind of feedback you'd like. I received a couple of messages uh, over the course of the past year, so uh, that's great. There's also a rating system. Uh, If you hear a particular episode, and you'd like to grade it from zero to five stars, you have that ability in that uh, area of the website. There's also a blog, which I will be uh, adding to before the clock strikes 2023, because I'm going to do a written version of the year in review, so you'll be able to see that. That'll be up by this weekend. Uh, This week on the podcast, we have two episodes. We have bonus coverage for you on the podcast this week. This particular episode that we're recording tonight is going to be my verbal year in review. I'm going to look back on 2022, which was certainly an interesting year uh, from both the positive and negative perspective. So I'll go back and kind of review what my year was like. And uh, we're also going to have a second episode, which I'm going to post on Thursday of this week. So, you know, we usually publish on Wednesday. And this particular episode that we're recording tonight, you'll hear it on Wednesday of this week. And then uh, on Thursday, I'm going to republish the episode I did, which was the tribute to my dad. And uh, that was obviously the most significant event in my life uh, this year. So uh, we, we had a lot of listeners tune in. And uh, I thought that was the most important episode of the year. So you're going to hear that replayed tomorrow. Now, uh, I may have to take a break or two during the recording to uh, use the cough switch 
And so if you hear little uh, pauses, uh, don't be alarmed. It's just uh, me uh, using the cough switch, which I'm going to do right now. And uh, we're right back. So that may happen uh, a few times during the episode uh, tonight. And I certainly have a uh, supply of water, uh, which is going to hopefully get me through this episode. And then uh, again tomorrow, we're going to have the replay of the tribute to John Arley. He's senior, so that's going to be special. So I thought I'd uh, jump right in and talk about the year that is about to end. As we are recording this podcast, it is Tuesday night, the 27th of December. And we are going to have uh, the end of the year coming on Saturday, New Year's Eve, and then uh, New Year's Day on Sunday. So I'd like to just review some of the things that have gone on in my life over this uh, past year. And I'll start with the uh, the challenges. It was a year of adversity, uh, certainly. Um, it, it started with really my dad and in his decline. Uh, we uh, dealt with his situation, him having Alzheimer's disease. And at the end of uh, 2021, uh, obviously, we saw his condition uh, starting to decline. And then after the uh, first of the year, uh, certainly it, it got more difficult as uh, dad was not able to maintain his balance on a regular basis. And uh, he was actually falling quite a bit. And uh, we it finally got to the point where he was falling so often at home that we had to uh, call 911. My mom actually had to call 911 on uh, multiple occasions during one particular week. And that um, period of time kind of got us thinking about, you know, uh, whether long-term care would be uh, the best solution for dad. And as it turned out, we never had to make those uh, decisions because uh, we had him uh, lined up for respite care, uh, hospice care, I guess is uh, more accurate, and uh, we had him transferred to a uh, hospice facility in Milton, and uh, he only wound up being in the uh, hospice care area for nine days. Uh, he went in on a Friday, which, uh, if I can think of the dates here. He went in on the 6th of May in uh, 2022, and uh, he went into the uh, hospice area in Milton. And uh, from there, uh, it uh, quickly spiraled downward. And uh, nine days later, uh, Dad left this world. So it was on the 15th of May uh, that uh, he passed. And we really celebrated his life uh, in the best possible way. Uh, I remember Dad's wake uh, it was uh, really special. We had uh, a lot of family there, a lot of friends there, people we hadn't seen for a while. And it was so uh, fitting uh, that, uh, you know, we uh, we had the wake there in uh, my dad's hometown of Stoughton. And it was so fitting that uh, we saw people from all over, people we hadn't seen. We had a wonderful uh, church service for him. And uh, we were able to... Uh, spread his ashes in multiple places. So it was very difficult to see uh, the transition that uh, Dad underwent uh, leading right up to the time of his passing, but we were grateful that uh, the folks at the hospice facility in Milton did uh, quite a, a great job with Dad and made him feel comfortable and uh, 
emphasize his quality of life. And uh, we're, we're grateful uh, for the great work that they did. And I'll take a quick break here. Well, again, using that cough switch, please forgive my voice. I don't think it's going to be quite as long an episode uh, here, but uh, we'll, we'll do our best. So anyway, that was uh, the most significant event that happened uh, for me. Uh, we also had multiple issues with our house. Now, if you've been following along over the last uh, several months, you know that we have had major issues uh, with this house. The house that we live in, it's a house in uh, Blackstone, Massachusetts. Now, if you're not familiar with Blackstone, it is a very small farm town which is located on the Massachusetts-Rhode Island border. Uh, it borders the town of Bellingham, Massachusetts, on one side, and Woonsocket, Rhode Island, on the other. In fact, parts of our street that we live on, part of it is in Massachusetts, and part of it is in Rhode Island. We live in the Massachusetts side of the street. So uh, the house that we live in was built in 1922. So this is a 100-year-old house. Now, I have lived in this house since 1997. So this is my 25th year in this house, and we have had a remarkably long run of essentially good luck with the house. We haven't had uh, the uh, need to do major repairs over all those years. And uh, the so the major repairs hit us all at once. All throughout this year, we have uh, dealt with those types of situations. And uh, the catalyst for all this happened on April 1st, uh, when we had a significant uh, accident here at the house. We had a water damage accident. On the night of April 1st, uh, after we had dinner here, uh, I went to put something underneath the sink. Now, the piping underneath the sink had, had been very, very old. I don't remember the last time that it had been serviced or repaired or whatnot, but I was putting something under the sink, and just by fluke accident, uh, the object I was putting under the sink made uh, contact with one of those old pipes, and water just spurted everywhere. I mean, it was just... Uh, like a river. Now, if you've ever had a water damage incident, uh, you know that it doesn't take long uh, for that water flow to cause significant damage. And that's what we dealt with here. Um, it completely destroyed uh, the area, the kitchen area upstairs where we live, and it also caused significant damage downstairs as uh, the ceiling downstairs was uh, completely uh, soaked through. And um, so as a result, uh, we had to go through a, a long, long period of construction here at the house. And, uh, of course, it started with uh, making a claim to the insurance company. And uh, with the first uh, thing that happened was we had to have ServPro. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Uh, they had to come out and uh, install these big, bulky industrial uh, cooling fans, both upstairs and downstairs, and they were uh, in the kitchen area for a, quite a long time. And, uh, of course, no work can begin until all the water is removed, so those cooling fans were in place for uh, quite a while. And the, the upshoot of it all, or the upshot of it all, is 
that our kitchen had to be completely uh, demolished. And uh, also the kitchen downstairs had to be demolished. And so we had a great group of uh, contractors come in. They were assigned to us through the insurance company. And I want to uh, give a shout out to George Germain, who was the uh, project manager uh, on uh, our project. And he came in and he assessed the damage and uh, he was able to work with us and help us figure out uh, what we needed to do in uh, in terms of getting the kitchen back to, to where we needed it to be. Uh, he took all kinds of photographs and uh, blueprints and everything. And uh, step by step, he was able to uh, work us through this whole process. And because of the supply uh, uh, problems, uh, over the summer, it it really took a lot longer than what we expected, and even the contractor admitted to us that uh, it usually doesn't take as long as it took uh, for them uh, to uh, get all the supplies that we needed. But we had a we had a portable bathroom, uh, a porta potty, if you will, set up in the driveway, and we had a constant stream of contractors, plumbers, and electricians coming to our house. Uh, during this eight-month period. And if you've ever had work done on your house, you know what a, an inconvenience it is to have strangers in your house uh, doing work. And it was just a complete disruption, you know, not only for my wife and I, but for my wife's mom who lives downstairs. She's a, a woman in her uh, early 80s, and uh, it was uh, not easy for her to navigate and manage uh, this situation. But Again, I want to give a shout-out uh, to the contractors who uh, were busy on the job for eight months. It took exactly eight months uh, to have the uh, work done. As the uh, accident happened on April 1st, and uh, the building inspector finally came out on December 1st, and uh, everything is up to code. So that was only part of it. The, the kitchen problem was... Only part of it. We also had bathroom issues here. Uh, we had plumbers here, and uh, the plumbing uh, in the bathroom was an issue. I was um, constantly bailing out the bathroom tub because it wouldn't drain. And so the plumbers that we had came in and, and took a look at it, and uh, they found that uh, the piping from uh, next door had to be rerouted into the bathroom and fixed. And so in the process of that, uh, they told us we needed a new bathroom tub. And uh, so when they took the tub out, unfortunately, uh, there was some damage caused uh, when they were removing the tub. Uh, we, had a, we had tile in the bathroom, and there were some broken tiles. And uh, the, there was a little crack in the wall, and... So, yeah, we got the tub out, we got the new tub in, but it wound up causing us more uh, work. And uh, we wound up having to contact an outside contractor to come in and get the bathroom back to where it needed to be. We removed all the tiles and uh, we had it painted over. So, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't have tiles anymore. It looks, looks a lot nicer. It looks more modern. Uh, but... You know, all this was going on at the same time as the kitchen work was going on. And so, uh, 
it was again i told you about the contractors the plumbers and the electricians that have that came in but we had the bathroom issue going on at the same time so after the tub was installed we we had to get uh, contractors in to fix the bathroom and the walls and all so uh, that also took a while, and we had water issues as well. Our, our well ran dry in the summertime. Uh, one of the contractors was out trying to use the water outside, and the water just gave out. The well ran dry, and so we made the decision also to connect to town water. We uh, went from well water to town water, and if you've ever made that transition, uh, it is a very, very expensive uh, process. Um, with our town, anyway, we had to pay a $4,000 bond. Then we had to pay uh, $10,000 to the town to make the connection. And then we had to pay uh, the gentleman who did actually did the work uh, $10,000. So the whole uh, process cost us $24,000, although we will get the bond back uh, at some point. And so the interesting thing, <clears throat> excuse me, as I battle with my voice here, the interesting thing about that was that uh, when we uh, we had the well serviced, we had the well company come out and uh, they made adjustments to the well. They actually rose the well uh, to the surface so they could uh, work on it. And um, the well guys couldn't even get down into the well because we had to cut some trees down for them to gain access to the well. So that was an expensive uh, process. So we had to hire a tree guy to come out and cut down two huge trees. Then the guys went down to the well and, and did the work there. And then uh, we went and had the um, town uh, water connection. So uh, that was another thing that was going on at the same time as uh, the contractors. So. Uh, this was part of this eight-month process. And uh, just to top things off, uh, we had basement issues uh, as early as last week. We had a flooded basement uh, due to a uh, faulty sump pump. And so uh, we had plumbers come out uh, and uh, take care of that for us. In fact, the sump pump has been installed, and so we are good to go. Uh, so uh, I knock on wood as I say this. But all of the uh, house issues seem to be taken care of, and uh, I'm just so grateful that we had the strength uh, and the fortitude to get through this. And again, I want to thank my wife. Uh, she was my uh, partner in crime through this. Uh, I don't know how I could have made it without her, and, and uh, I'd like to think that I was a pretty uh, good source of support for her. It was stressful. I mean, that's the bottom line. This past this past year. Uh, between my dad and all the house issues have made it incredibly stressful. In fact, I, I look back and I think that the most stressful part of the year came uh, at the moment of the accident we had here. And my dad was really declining at that point. The, air, the time between April 1st, when the accident happened, and May 15th, when he passed away, uh, you won't believe how stressful that was. And my mom actually uh, had surgery uh, this past year. She um, uh, fell and had her hips uh, replaced. And this is at the same time that my dad was in a decline. So uh, my sister and I 
um, who are the only two local siblings uh, to my parents. We were doing 24-hour shifts at the house. We were uh, going back and forth uh, with my mom not there. My dad needed constant care. So um, that was a very, very stressful time. But uh, uh, things worked out the way they did. Dad was with us until uh, the middle of May. And uh, we managed to fight our way through uh, these house issues. So I'm grateful uh, that we're at a point now where we can take a deep breath. And uh, the cough switch is working great tonight. All right, so those were uh, some of the challenges, some of the uh, adversity that I had uh, this year uh, to deal with. But I want to kind of transition now to some of the positives of uh, 2022. And obviously the biggest positive of them all uh, was making my debut on ESPN+. After uh, 17 years of doing Merrimack Hockey on the radio, uh, with the new deal that was signed between Hockey East and ESPN+, Plus, uh, the games were moved to a different platform, a television platform. And uh, we've done a half season so far, and it really has been terrific. I mean, it was, it's been something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I know that when I was doing radio at Merrimack College, we, we had a, a lot of games on TV, and we brought in some great talent to do those games. Uh, Ryan Johnston being uh, the obvious name that comes to mind. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I always thought, you know, how cool would it be to have the chance, to have the opportunity to work on TV. And with the new deal that was signed, uh, I'm getting that opportunity now. And uh, sort of a new approach uh, for me in that uh, I also picked up the women's games. So now I'm doing the Merrimack men and the Merrimack women. And... uh, you know, I got to admit that first production meeting we had prior to the start of the season, uh, I was a little nervous. I didn't know what to expect, but uh, it didn't take me long to get comfortable. And, and I know I had a conversation with my colleague, Mike Logan, about this. And uh, Mike told me that, you know, it's basically the same as what we've been doing all along. It's just d- uh, branded differently. So uh, the thing I like about it is that it reaches uh, a whole uh, different audience, a whole a worldwide audience. And uh, just to get the dynamics of TV down, I think, is uh, is a really cool thing to add to the resume. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I hope the people that have tuned in have really enjoyed uh, the broadcast so far. And I can tell you that uh, we're going to have a lot more great hockey in the second half of the season. Merrimack will have a bunch of uh, games in the second half against some really good teams. We're going to see the UMass Lowell River Hawks at the end of the year, late February. We've got a couple of games against the Providence Friars coming up in the middle of January. Merrimack and Providence played a great game down at Schneider Arena the second weekend of December, which Merrimack won. And Merrimack may see Providence this weekend, New Year's Eve, up in Hanover, New Hampshire, if uh, the Warriors and Friars both win uh, their first games of that tournament. Uh, we're also going to see Northeastern, um, Devin Levi, uh, one of the best goaltenders in the country, and we're going to see Boston University uh, in the second half. So we'll have a home-and-home home with the Terriers, and Merrimack will have some uh, challenging uh, road games as well. They're going to go up to uh, Orono, Maine in the uh, second week of February. They have a trip to Vermont in late January and uh, also a trip up to UNH on the uh, third of February, so uh, it's going to be terrific. 
And along those lines, I would just like to give a shout-out to the Merrimack men's hockey team. You want to talk about positives for 2022. Take a look at the historic start that the men's hockey team is off to, 13-4. and And I did some research earlier today. I wanted to compare where Merrimack was relative to the last time they had a great season, which was in 2010-11. That was the year Merrimack went to the NCAAs after uh, uh, losing to BC in the championship game uh, at the Garden. They went to Manchester, New Hampshire, which incidentally is where one of the regionals are this year. But they lost to uh, Notre Dame that year. But I wanted to compare uh, Merrimack's record then and now. Merrimack is 13-4 and four at the 17-game mark this year. And they were 9-4-4 four and four at the halfway mark in 2010-11. And uh, my broadcast partner, Mike, the rink doctor, Macknick, uh, confirmed that this is Merrimack's best-ever 17-game start in Hockey East. Merrimack has not had a start this good since 1988-89. So... Uh, that has certainly been a positive. It's been great being around uh, the team and uh, seeing how great of a uh, start they've had. Uh, it's been a historic start, and uh, you know I'm hoping 2023 will bring uh, a lot more success to this Merrimack team. If the Warriors can keep uh, the pace that they're on, uh, making it to the national tournament should be a very, very strong, strong possibility. Cough switch continues to work well. Again, please apologize for the. I apologize for the condition of my voice. Uh, I've been down with the flu for a couple of days, so uh, we are on the way back. Uh, hopefully by tomorrow or uh, Friday, and we'll get uh, back to 100%. My name's John Leahy. You're listening to the podcast airing it out. Files from Leahy's broadcast booth. This particular podcast episode uh, functions as the year in review episode, as we look back on 2022. Uh, A few other positives that I'd like to mention from this past year. Uh, From the family side of things, uh, got to see my oldest uh, nephew uh, get married. Uh, He got married uh, to a wonderful woman uh, back in May. In fact, uh, the ironic thing is that uh, my nephew Colin uh, got married the day before my dad passed away. Uh, He got married on uh, the 14th of May this year. And uh, I really believe that he had a conversation with my dad and just asked him to hang on for one more day uh, so they could celebrate that wedding. And as it turned out, that's exactly what happened. And uh, we had a wonderful time at the wedding. It was held down in Plymouth. And uh, it's just a very, very memorable time, and it was such a big thrill for me um, to see uh, my nephew get married. And I know there'll be more weddings uh, down the road in the family with, uh, you know, my my nephews and nieces. But uh, that was a very special day, certainly a a very big highlight of uh, 2022. Also, you know, I'd like to talk about the success of this podcast. I mean, over the past year, we've had... Uh, So many great guests come on, and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank each and every guest that has taken time uh, to be here with us 
on the podcast. And it's been great fun. And we've had a lot of different people who have given their time and their expertise. So, um, again, I can't thank you all enough. You're you're the ones who make the podcast successful. Also, our wonderful audience who tunes in on a weekly basis. Uh, another positive is getting to go to the Frozen Four at the TD Garden. It was my second one. Uh, my wife attended her first Frozen Four. And if you've never been, it's just such a cool experience. You get to walk in. You see all the sweaters of all the teams there. And uh, it was great having it in Boston. Uh, I, I re- regret that Hockey East was not represented uh, in the Frozen Four this past year. But we saw some great hockey. Kudos to the Denver Pioneers who uh, won the national championship at the TD Garden. But uh, that's a memory that I will certainly look back on and be happy about. And I hope there are more Frozen Fours in my future. And uh, it was uh, it was special. It was really special. And uh, hopefully Merrimack could be in a Frozen Four. And um, broadcasting opportunities, uh, continuing strong. I uh, picked up a couple of basketball games for Merrimack as well. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, doing some work on the side as well for the Bridgewater Bandits of the USPHL, uh, doing games for them. And uh, also, uh, I've got a game uh, for UNH. I'm doing a UNH Merrimack game on February 3rd uh, up at the Whittemore Center. And also, I'd like to thank Providence College for uh, allowing me to come in and help out uh, doing radio. Uh, while Mike Logan is um, handling the TV. And uh, that was a wonderful experience. And again, I'll be up at uh, the Whittemore Center on February 3rd as Merrimack and UNH uh, will do battle. So I'm looking forward to working with Pete Webster uh, on that broadcast. Again, if you're hearing little pauses here, uh, I'm using the cough switch, uh, quote-unquote, uh, as uh, the voice is, uh, is uh, giving me a battle here tonight. Anyway, I thought uh, we'd uh, take some time and just go back the, of the uh, negatives and positives this year. That's all I really have on my list. Uh, I guess the biggest positive as well is we're, we're healthy and we're heading into a, a new year with a lot of hope. And uh, let's hope that it's a great year for everyone. So coming up tomorrow on the podcast, I'm going to replay my dad's tribute episode, which uh, is one of the top-rated episodes, and uh, we'll get that up for you tomorrow. And then next week on the podcast, we're going to kick off 2023 with a good friend of mine. He's a guy that's been on the podcast before. His name is Jesse Goldberg-Strassler, and he is the author of The Baseball Thesaurus, The Football Thesaurus, as well, and he is the voice of the Lansing Lugnuts, who are the AA affiliate of the Oakland A's. And Jesse and I are going to talk some baseball, so it'll be a hot stove episode next week. And we're going to talk about uh, Jesse making his major league debut this past summer as uh, he was called up to Fenway Park to make his uh, broadcasting debut, major league baseball uh, broadcasting debut with the Oakland A's. And uh, I happen to tune in and listen to that game. So Jesse will have some great stories for us next week. So in the meantime, I'm going to sign off. And I invite you to be with us again tomorrow 
as I will replay the episode uh, dedicated to the memory of my dad. Happy New Year, everybody. Have a safe and happy celebration this weekend in May 2023. Be a happy, healthy New Year for all of us. For everyone who has been on the podcast this year, thank you so much. I look forward to a very special 2023. And stay with us, and we'll have a lot more fun in the upcoming year. Please consider subscribing to the podcast. You can do that directly at the website at LahyStorytelling.com. And please feel free to leave feedback uh, on any of the episodes you listen to. I want this to be interactive. I want us to, uh, you know, just uh, communicate. I want you to tell me what you what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see more of. And I'm always looking for ideas on how to improve the podcast. So, uh, also, I want to thank uh, my my analyst, my uh, uh, hockey analyst that I've worked with. I would be remiss if I didn't thank uh, my friends, Brock Hines, Mike Macknick, Mike McMahon, Nate Bridges, uh, all of these uh, great folks who have been on the air with me, and uh, also the great crew at the Pack Network. You guys are phenomenal, and uh, you've made it really fun and really special. So I'm going to sign off. Thanks for listening. Be with us again tomorrow as we'll have our second episode and then we'll transition into 2023. Happy New Year, everybody, and be safe. Mitochondrial disease is a rare multi-symptom disease characterized by breakdowns in the mitochondria which are specialized compartments that are present in every cell of the body except red blood cells and are responsible for creating more than 90% of the energy needed by the body to sustain life and support growth. A disease most commonly associated with children, currently there is no cure, just management of symptoms. Hugs for Mito Inc. is mitochondrial disease, rare disease advocacy, awareness, fundraising for research trials, and hopefully a cure. To learn more, please visit hugsformito.org.